This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. And then Paris Campbell at number nine here. Um, he's had a couple of down weeks over the past few weeks, and we've had we, we saw Alec Pierce kind of do his thing last week, uh, but this week they got the Vikings, right? So yeah, you want to target these guys, right? I think Paris Campbell has a better matchup than Alec Pierce does this week out of the slot. Uh, Alec Pierce runs a lot of his routes on the right side. Minnesota's been okay on that right side, but on the left side, like they've been, you know. They've been absolutely – we saw – you know, we talked about uh, DJ Shark, you know, and how he runs most of his routes on the left left perimeter. Uh, yeah. And that's where Minnesota has been super vulnerable. And where did he catch that touchdown, that long touchdown that he caught? On the left perimeter. Okay, so, like, we, we kind of depend on these type of matchups. And Paris Campbell uh, has a decent matchup out of the slot this week. So, he's available in a lot of leagues. He's been dropped in a ton, especially, you know, uh, since his bye was just this past week. Uh, you can pick him up and just start him as a PPR flex play pretty easily this week. Yeah, and he's just been quiet. Uh, I think he's liable to you know, kind of get back up to where we want him to be in terms of his production because Matt Ryan's still playing, and this bye week should help. You know, Maybe the teams make changes, and it could get him you know, just a little bit more involved recently because he hasn't been getting the targets from Matt Ryan. They just have to get back to that. We talked about that before their matchup against Dallas, that they just need to get him more involved, and the offense will look better. Um, I, I think they can do that. So Paris Campbell... Like you said, he's a flex play, definitely. Against Minnesota, it's like start everyone territory. Um, he might not be a start like we had last week with the Lions, but he, he should have pretty decent upside you know, in this matchup, just based off of the matchup alone. Uh, Chris Moore, you know, he he got it done this past week with both yeah. – uh, with both uh, – what's his Jeff name? Jeff Driscoll. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins out, right? And – you know, if, if those guys are out again against Kansas City, uh, I'd be happy to play Chris Moore again as a wide receiver three. Uh, you know, he got the targets. Didn't matter what quarterback was in there. He was being targeted. Uh, this happened before, too, right? Like earlier on in the year where, you know, like these guys were out, caught four balls, 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so he was able to get it done for you before when we were a lot of people were spot starting him. So. In another yeah. spot start potentially this week in a good matchup against Kansas City. Listen, Russell Wilson was able to throw for three touchdowns. Okay. The Broncos threw for four touchdowns in this game. Okay. Yeah, against yeah. Kansas City. Jerry Judy ended up getting three touchdowns. So it's very possible uh that, you know, even on a you know inferior offense, it's possible that Chris Moore can still get it done if those guys are out. Yeah. And if this would end up being, you know, garbage time territory like it should have been last week. 
against the Chiefs, which it very well could be again this week, you know, that could just stand to help him even more. You know, they're just going to be throwing the ball, trucking it up. Someone has to be out there catching passes. Chris Moore isn't a guy they're going to be pulling off the field, you know, to save him for the next game. So I think this is a really nice upside play. You know, if you have him at flex, that's, that's really nice to have him there because I don't think you can really go wrong. If you're starting Chris Moore, yes, the floor might be pretty low, but I think you have a better shot at, you know, cashing in on some upside this week against the Chiefs because, like you said, the Broncos' offense is bad. And they kind of tore up the Chiefs' defense last week. Jamison Williams, I have him here at number eleven. Um, you know, like I said, he ran less than ten routes, uh, you know, last week. So, you know, he got that touchdown, awesome. But I wouldn't start him this week against the Jets, right? Obviously. No. Um, let's see. This is a good opportunity to pick him up, put him on your bench, and then see how many routes he ends up running this week, right? And if it's like over fifty percent of route participation, that would be a huge jump for him. And then I would feel somewhat comfortable throwing him in my lineup in week 16 if I really, really need it, if I'm desperate and I'm looking for some upside. Uh, but other than that, like if, you, if that's not what you need, I, I'm okay leaving him you know, on the waiver wire. But I'll say this. Jameson Williams is somebody who, you know, someone can start him in championship week, in week 17, because they're desperate. Someone got hurt. They pick up Jameson Williams. They put him in. And then he goes off. Right yeah. for like a hundred yards and two touchdowns, it's possible. Jameis Williams has that type of talent, so mm-hmm. maybe you just these type of upside guys pick him up and put him on your bench. If you're not yeah. going to play him, don't let anyone else play him. Right, and every week he's getting healthier. You know, he's had the low route participation the past few weeks, but that's to be expected. You know, coming off the type of injury that he had and missing as much time as he did, and he's competing with other guys that are good in the passing game. You know, he have, he's going to be working against Amara St. Brown. DJ Chark is there. And even, you know, Josh Reynolds has been, you know, all right. I think, like I said, I attribute that to the Rams connection with Jared Goff. But um, there's talent that he's working alongside. Not to mention Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift in the backfield, and suddenly Justin Jackson again. Um, I think regardless of how healthy he is, his route participation might not be anything near 50% the rest of the season. But it doesn't look, look like he's going to need that. He might be just the home run hitter, like you said. So even if he doesn't hit the 50%, maybe he gets to 40 or something like that, you know. He'll be able to contribute, I think, down the stretch if they keep using him as a deep play threat because that's what he was at Alabama. He looked really good, and that's what they drafted him to be, I think, at this point. So he could definitely get it done for you. Uh, if you have him as a flex, he's a really nice upside flex, assuming that this his route participation goes up just a little bit, you know, these next few weeks. I'm a little bit more confident in him. Definitely, I wouldn't drop him. If you have him, just keep him on your bench because he has the upside to be worth starting in these next two weeks. I have McCole Hartman here at 12. Uh, he could be back this week. You know, we saw what he was doing, you know, beforehand. Like, he wasn't getting a full route participation or anything like that. But this is the Chiefs offense. You know, he was getting those, like, key red zone packages. And it's possible when he's back, they give him a little bit more of that, right? And we, we've seen yeah. him perform and be efficient on his touches near the red zone especially. So uh, he's something that I, w- I would pick up throw him on my bench if I don't need to play him even because he could he could be very valuable in a spot start. Now, with Kadarius Tony there, you know, it's possible that Tony kind of you know takes away some of that, right? If both these guys are healthy, do they take enough away from each other where we're not seeing, you know, that production, that upside. Uh but right. still, I think both of these guys should be rostered. You know, Harbin will be back and they might end up just using both these guys and you know, both these guys can potentially do their thing. I think Hartman has a better floor than Kadarius Tony. 
Um, that's assuming, you know, whenever Nicole Herdman starts again, I'm not sure if it's this week or the next week, but he's getting healthier. So he'll be, he's eligible to come he, off IR. He's, he's right? eligible to come back this week. Yeah. So if he would play, I think his floor is better than Kadarius Tony. Um, but I, I think Kadarius Tony's upside stays a little bit higher. But this is a guy that's been around in the Chiefs offense for a while with Patrick Mahomes, especially. You know, he's been able to do his thing. They're kind of working with Juju Smith Schuster, and that's okay. But outside of that, they're pretty thin at receiver. So I think Nicole Harbin, he comes back. He could go right back into that role that he had before. If he goes back into that role that he had before he got injured, where he finished as a wide receiver three and six back-to-back weeks, um, I'd have no problem starting him as a flex. But obviously, we have to see what his health looks like coming back from this injury that he had. Um, he might be limited in the first game back. But maybe you start him in the second round of playoffs. You know, you might be able to get him back at full strength. Um, I'm not sure if I'd start him over a whole lot of guys, but there are definitely going to be teams out there that need somebody to start. And Michael Hartman can be that guy. I got Mac Hollins at 13. You know, he's like a plug and play wide receiver. He's going up against New England at home this week. You know, we've seen him kind of be up and down, uh, but he is possible. To, he is very capable of putting up, you know, double digit, you know, PPR fantasy points any, any given week. Um, so the matchup isn't terrible against the Patriots. I'm okay, you know, starting him. Uh, Rondell Moore, I have him at 14. He didn't practice last week, uh, but it's possible that he is back this week. So in a PPR league, I would assume that, you know, Hollywood, you know, Greg Dorch hardly played at all on offense uh, this past week. Hollywood Brown was the one coming out of the slot, which is very surprising to me. Um, And it was uh, Robbie Anderson playing on the outside. So I would assume when Rondell Moore is back, assuming he's going to be back this week, that they would move Hollywood, you know, back to the outside uh, and then Ronda Moore playing the slot. That's what I was assuming. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. But even with the quarterback change, I would still expect Ronda Moore to potentially be, you know, PPR flex play at worst, you know, when he's healthy. Yeah. You, you never know with Cliff Kingsbury how they're going to be implementing these wide receivers and using them on the offense. But I think it would make the most sense, you know, put Marquise Brown on the outside and Ronda Moore in the slot. I, I'm a little bit more turned off maybe than you are to the idea of Rondo Moore just because of that quarterback change. Colt McCoy didn't look good. And like I said, I don't know how much they're going to have to play for. They might not be playing too hard these next few games. They might just try to get through the season, you know, reset, reload, and you know, focus on Kyler Murray coming back for next season, that kind of thing. I don't think it's going to be the point where they don't produce, but I don't have a whole lot of hope in terms of his fantasy production for the rest of the season just because of Colt McCoy. You can pick him up. I think that he might be a volume. He's, if he does produce, he's going to be volume-based. He's going to be a PPR guy. Um, I don't trust him to do a whole lot of scoring on this offense just because the ceiling is now you know, pretty limited. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, against the Rams in Week 10, he caught 9 for 94 on 13 targets from Colt McCoy. So if a receiver is capable of doing that with Colt was, McCoy, I'm picking his ass Was Marquise up. Brown playing then? He was not playing, no. Yeah, so that that kind of factors into into it for me too um they're a lot they finally get all their weapons back and of course kyler murray goes down but um rondell moore that that's the thing for me i think that he might kind of just be overshadowed by some of the targets in this offense my issue there my pushback on that is that you know no matter who's been starting in the slot this year you know they've been getting their targets right and you know when zach Ertz was on the field when DeAndre Hopkins was on the, when uh, Hopkins was on the field, when, you know, so that there were different points in, in the season where you had Zach Ertz on the field, Hollywood Brown on the field, and then Rondell Moore on the field. All three were getting their targets. You had Ertz, you had Zach Ertz, you also had uh, Hollywood Brown, and then you had Greg Dorch on the field, and all three were getting their targets. 
And in this situation, you have uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, you have Zacherts off the field now. And then you have uh, Hopkins. And you, you might have, you know, Rondell Moore, you know, out, coming out the slot. So I think th- this is a situation where all of these guys, especially with their defense being as bad as they are, all these guys can get their targets. Um, and you know what? To be honest with you, like the <laughs> with with Kyler Murray, I would probably be more confident in Hollywood Brown than Rondell Moore. But I would not be surprised if Rondell Moore actually starts out of the slot. I would not be surprised if Rondell Moore ends up with a higher target share than Hollywood Brown you know, going forward uh, just yeah. because of the fact that he's coming out of the slot, you know. And I think because of that possibility, uh, only in PPR leagues because his, you know, you know his, his depth of target is so low, um, only because of that and his, you know, his yards after the con- yards after catch ability is pretty good too. It's a situation where, like, I don't want to leave that on the waiver wire, you know, especially going into the yeah. playoffs because when people can become desperate, they're going to pick up a guy like that who's capable of, you know, getting double-digit targets. Um, and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to change the offense that much. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to have a choice because, you know, this defense is bad. And, yeah. you know, they're not going to be able to, like, just run the ball all, all over teams for, uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, that's true. James Conner, you can lean on him only so much. So I guess that's true. But, like I said, I'm just tempering expectations for Rondo Moore. I know it makes sense. Obviously, you should pick him up on the waiver wire, but I'm not sure, you know, how much of an impact he's going to have. Uh, I mean, he has good matchups, you know, week 16 against Tampa, week 17 against Atlanta. I mean, like out of the slot, like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking him up for sure. Um, If you need another tight end, like the outside of the guys that I mentioned before, you know, Conklin is available in leagues. Like he doesn't have a huge floor, but at least he's getting targets. Um, So that's really what it comes down to. And then on top of that, you know, you kind of have like a decent matchup. We talked about the Jets matchups, you know, moving forward. You know, Detroit this week, Jacksonville, then Seattle, you know, three three teams that, you know, are pretty vulnerable to tight ends. So at least he has good matchups the rest of the way. Um, so if you need a tight end and you're desperate, those guys aren't available. Conklin would probably be the next guy up. Is there anybody else that you could think of, like available on waivers that that you might want to pick up over Conklin? Like in besides, terms of besides, tight besides, 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 yeah, besides Oconquo, obviously besides uh, Evan Ingram. I don't really think there's anybody else. That, That's like, it, right? It's hard to say because even so, even so, with you know Oconquo and them and Ingram ahead of them, I think maybe Ingram has broken out of the streamer territory. You might be able to start him every week, but Tyler Conklin and Oconquo, I'm still considering them streamers. So they're all lumped in. You know, you you can take your pick at them. The only reason I have a little hope for Tyler Conklin is because he's had those high target games um, before with Mike White. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I wouldn't really have anybody else that I can think of. Like, obviously, no one jumps off the page to me at tight end. No one has yeah. this whole season. <laughs> Just to kind of run through the rest of these uh, before we we sign off, uh, Ben Skoranek, you know, was targeted heavily by Baker Mayfield. Not somebody that I trust at all. But, you know, yeah. if you're in a deep league, you know, you pick him up, you throw him on your bench in PPR leagues to see if Baker Mayfield continues to target him. He was the highest targeted player, um, and he was the highest performer among all of these uh wide receivers when baker with baker mayfield um and then you have right. alec pierce at 17 a little bit of a tougher matchup uh but if he's moving around a little bit against minnesota he can get it done this is a very very vulnerable defense for wide receivers so if you're desperate at wide receiver alec pierce can get it done gus edwards yeah. you know he's getting some getting some run um obviously jk dobbins is in front of him but if you need just a running back who's going to get touches you know i think gus edwards you know will be fine uh, you know, as in terms of like if you're desperate 
desperate for for a running back and you have nobody else moving forward. Isaiah McKenzie, you know, the, the Bills just re-signed Cole Beasley. Um, I don't think he's going to end up playing over Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, maybe he will. I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, but McKenzie, you know, he, he was running at a you know near full route participation over the past couple of weeks. Tough matchup last week. Uh, but I think moving forward, he has much better matchups. Um, and if the Bills end up getting in more competitive games where they have to throw more, um, then Isaiah McKenzie uh, could get it done. And I have Travis Homer here as a little bit of a joke. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, he's not a joke. <laughs> but, you know, if, you know, listen, if you don't have a running back, right, and if you need to bet on any running back off the waiver wire to do something, Travis Homer played 90% of snaps last week on Sunday, okay? He, and I understand he's going up against the 49ers, but, you know, if you're going to bet, bet on anyone, I wouldn't just look at what he did last week in terms of his performance as, like, you know, that's just going to happen every single time he gets 90% of snaps, okay? Right. So, if these guys are out again, you know, if both um, Kenneth Walker and EJ Dallas are out again, then, you know, you might want to, you know, throw him in your lineup if you're super, super desperate, you know, as somebody who's going to be on the field on every play. I think you'd have to be super, super desperate is right, you know, because they are playing the Niners. And even if he does play 90% of snaps, there's, I think he should have more points than he had last week, but I'm still tempering yes. expectations with him just because. I would um, I would say, like, listen, if, if he plays 90% of snaps again, he's getting at least 10 PPR points. Like, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Like, how often the do correlation we for see... 90... Yeah. Exactly. Correlation for 90% of snaps is so much higher than what he had last last week. So, he, he's, he would be due for a lot more fantasy points, even in a tougher matchup. I would, I would assume that he gets some more targets through the air and all that, too. Yeah, his performance was an outlier among outliers last week when you consider, yeah, it like was. you said, how much he played. 100%. All right, guys, uh, we got to call it now. Uh, we'll we'll be back tomorrow uh, for our quarterback and running back rankings. Um, again, hope you guys made the playoffs. And, uh, you know, if you have some bad beats, you have some interesting stories about how you made the playoffs or how you didn't make the playoffs, DM me over on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy. Uh, and I'll take a look and I'll share I'll share the most uh, most interesting ones. All right, guys, take it easy. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.